you're busy, let's do this. It's the Games Beat Decides podcast, your weekly source for guys taking video games way too seriously. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me, not today, is Mike Minotti. He is in San Francisco for GDC. I'm all on my own, so instead, it's going to be a special episode. In a moment, I'm going to throw it to myself, doing an interview with the ARC team at Studio Wildcard about paying the modding community for their contributions. I talked to them the other day. Uh, it was a nice long conversation about how that works, what it means. Um, they're paying their their certain modders $4,000 per month to make mods. We're going to get into that in just a second. First, I want to thank you for joining us. Get more from me at gamesbeat.com. If you have something to share with us, email the podcast at gamesplusspodcast@venturebeat.com. That's the plus sign. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube uh, or watching any of the episodes on there, you could subscribe to the podcast, the audio version on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Finally, if you like the show, rate us on iTunes to help people find it. It really helps us out. Okay, so like I said, I'm going to throw it to myself interviewing the ARC team. I uh, I spoke with uh, basically Studio, Studio Wildcard's lead, Jeremy Stieglitz, and the modding community manager, this guy's in deep with the with the community, uh, Cedric Burks, I believe is his, I believe is his name is his name. Um, I think when I cut to the audio of the interview, they don't introduce themselves. So the the American guy who speaks first, I'm pretty sure that's Jeremy Stieglitz, and the guy with the accent, that's Cedric Burks. Um, that's a pretty reductive way of explaining who's who. But this is audio, and what else do you have to go on? Um, let's see. Uh, beyond that, I kind of want to just warn you guys: it's it's Switch and Zelda launch week. We're going to be doing a lot with that stuff coming up in the next few days. Uh, likely that will involve podcasts uh, for both of those topics, special entries on this feed. So keep an eye out. Now, Mike, Jason, Dean, they're all busy with GDC this week. So I'm still figuring out how that's going to work. So uh, we might just hold off until Friday and discuss it all, or I might bring in some guests. We'll see how it goes. Uh, for now, though, thank you for joining us. I'm going to hand it off right now to Jeremy Stieglitz and Cedric Burks uh, in my interview with them earlier this week about paying the modding community for ARK Survival Evolved. Jeremy, Cedric, thanks for joining me. Um, I want to ask you guys if you can explain what this program is and how it works. Uh, the the program is going to be called the ARK-sponsored mod uh, program, and uh, it essentially involves us uh, every month um, having our... Uh, um, mod community director that is uh cedric burks here uh pick the top mods uh for arc and uh what a top mod means is, is somewhat arbitrary right now uh it'll be a combination of popularity and what cedric determines the quality um but uh we may make it more data or community driven um in subsequent months but every month he'll be picking the top 15 uh mods and uh we're essentially offering those mods each month a, a stipend to uh, continue doing what they do. Uh, it'll be $4,000 a month for each of them, and uh, it'll be 15 per month uh, for now, but we may actually expand the program to more than 15 if it's successful. Uh, it'll be determined each month, so if a mod drops in quality or is not, no, author isn't, looking like they're working on it anymore mm -hmm. or uh, something else happens, uh, we have the option of not 
including them in the subsequent months uh, list. But our hope and our goal, in fact, is to have a lot of consistency between the months and really have these people able to uh, rely on these uh, the stipend if they're uh, continuing to do uh, good work. Um, we uh, only anticipate in, in maybe two or three being kind of switched up every month, which is why we may well need to expand the program if it uh, if it proves uh, popular. Um, the um, Mods are still going to be free, of course, to the end user. Um, this is really just a back channel uh, method for us to uh, help some of these really talented authors spend more time making mods for ARC. Uh, part of the reason that we are doing this is uh, mods have just been a tremendous benefit uh, to ARC. Uh, we have uh, on PC over two-thirds of our online player base plays on servers that are running community created mods um and uh every player hosted server so to speak effectively almost 100 percent of those servers are uh running a variety of uh player created mods and uh the benefit that we've had from it is is, is nearly incalculable but uh i i would say i, I would consider it at least a hundred you know, at least 50 plus 50 percent in terms of users, because we have modding, I, I know for a fact that many people are attracted to ARC uh, players uh, because of its wide variety of mods. And really, the, these players are, are able to do things that we don't have the time or inclination to do, whether that's make it into a space survival game. We have mods that make it survive on the moon or add new maps or characters or weapons. And it's just so much variety that, that our relatively small team would, would never have the resources or, uh, or even the creativity to come up with. Um, the program is, is PC-oriented for now. Um, that's where the pipeline to have modding works directly. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we do have a provision. When, when, when we, um, when we uh, offer the stipend to the mod authors, uh, one of the requirements is that they uh, upload the source code and, and give us the right of negotiation to uh, take their mod to console. We, we work you know, a subsequent arrangement out with the author should we decide to do that, but we at least have the necessary assets and the option to uh, explore that. And um, if some of these mods get good enough and complete enough where we can foresee them being stable, a lot of these mods are still, you know, have a lot of bugs and are mm -hmm. updated all the time. But once they get to a more complete point, which is our hope, uh, that we will then uh, take uh, some, if not all of them, to the console versions of the game and, uh, you know, get the benefits there as well. Uh, but initially it's uh, PC oriented. And uh, the other thing that we'll be doing for these authors isn't just uh, providing the stipend uh, on a monthly basis. It's uh, when they enter the program, these selected mods, they'll get a high visibility within the game, which, you know, we have over six and a half million installs on Steam alone. So that's a lot of eyeballs. Um, the mods will be listed on the main menu very prominently with an easy download button. So players will see them and hopefully try them out. Uh, rather than having to hunt them down on the, the Steam Workshop, which has you know six thousand mods for Arc right, right. now, so um, they'll also be listed prominently on the website too. So we view it as as a great way for very talented mod authors to get more exposure for their work um, and also be able to hopefully treat it like a part time job or maybe even a full time job for some of them if they uh, they end up. Uh, uh, being in, in the program. Uh, part of the rationale for it isn't just the benefit that, that ARC has seen from mods. Um, it's that uh, we really view 
there being kind of, there's kind of a gap right now. And we, I, I think at least there's a gap in the industry between hobbyists who really can, they're, they're not really looking at it as a career where they're just dabbling and professionals. And that, and that, that includes any developers, but professionals who basically have taken the plunge and decided to throw away whatever day job they might've had and, 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 and gone full bore into to game development as a career. I think there could be benefit to having a midway point where you're kind of a trial balloon. Can I actually make some money doing this? Am I have the talent for it, the desire to do it? You're a little bit beyond hobbyist, but you haven't yet uh, kind of altered your life's path to, you know, decided <laughs> to make a full career out of it. And we think that the sponsor mod program, at least in Ark's case, might provide a little bit of a, of a space for people to see if, uh, if they, you know, game development on that scale is really something they, they want to do without having to take on the, all the risk involved. And um, the other thing I would just mention before I maybe turn it over to, to Cedric to talk about some more of the specifics uh, is that uh, we, we have until now had a, another an existing program called the Official Mods Program. And, and, and how this differs from that, the Official Mods Program actually had us buying people's mods outright and realistically hiring those individuals to work at Wildcard as well. And Wildcard effectively took ownership of those uh, mods and had the responsibility of support and maintenance going forward. Um, that's actually worked out very well in the few cases we've used it. Uh, that's specifically two cases thus far and probably a, one or two more that we'll do this year. Um, we've had millions of downloads of the D free DLC that Cedric himself created uh, called Primitive Plus, which was in the official mods program, and another DLC free called The Center. Um, the problem is that program wasn't scalable because we can only hire so many people <laughs> and we can, only, we can only provide maintenance for so much content. We needed something that was, that was more scalable to 15, 20, even 100 you know, entrants if necessary uh, that didn't have us hiring all those people and taking responsibility for the maintenance of their content. And so uh, that's, that's where the sponsored mod program comes in. Excellent. Uh, real quick on that, have you, uh, what's kind of the response been from the modding community? Well, I can let Cedric uh, speak to that. Excellent. Oh yeah, so um, I, you know, I've, I've worked very closely with the modding community. I mean, I would still call myself a modder because that's kind of where I came mm -hmm. from. Uh, so a lot of these people in this program, I have worked with, uh, you know, throughout my experience and and getting Primitive Plus set up and still going forward. Uh, because the thing that I will say about the modding community for Arc, I mean, it's very strong in my opinion. We have a chat where we have you know over 250 modders uh, daily, just you know throwing back ideas, you know, getting offering help. Uh, getting help on certain things uh so it's a really it's a sharing community in fact i would say out of the 15 mods that we have in the program i personally helped on two of these mods uh and it's not a thing where i'm like oh you should add me to the contributors list or you know you should give me rights or i need five percent of what you're going to get because i helped uh, i think it's understood in the mining community that we're only going to get further as a group if we share uh but on the flip side of that when you add the uh, when you incentivize them with money, you know, people do become a little bit more uh, careful <laughs> with sharing mm -hmm. what they have. Uh, they start to protect certain elements of their mod that they don't want 
everybody to know about. So I think we'll see a little bit of that too. But overall, the community is really excited. Uh, you know, we've done different, as, as Jeremy mentioned, we've done two different, uh, you know, types of events to kind of encourage modders uh, to move forward. And I would say that it was successful. I mean, I got hired. So uh, that's a, <laughs> and also, uh, you know, it brings out the best in everyone. Uh, you know, it is a very competitive nature, but because of that, uh, people tend to work a little bit harder. They tend to put a little bit more effort into the things that they're looking at. Uh, so I, I, overall, I would say the community is very, very excited about this. And also knowing that, you know, the 15 that are starting in this program now, uh, won't be there for the entire duration, meaning that they also have a chance to get into this program. So uh, not only are the people in the program incentivized to work a little bit harder, the people outside of the program are also incentivized because they want to be in the program. So I think it's going to be a really good uh, thing for the community. Um, that makes me wonder, you talk about incentivization. Um, do you guys think you guys have a pretty keen eye on what should be incentivized? Um Maybe like kind of lockstep it with your community, uh, the, the player community that, that that is, um, so that you guys know which developers should be getting this money. That's uh, definitely kind of a good question. Um, we initially are going to be relying on Cedric's good judgment to um, uh, really. I mean, he, he's very, very close to the modding community, and also the players themselves. So, like, he's constantly seeing what's being uploaded on Workshop, what what uh, the cool new, most popular mod of the week is. Um, but this is still kind of an organic process, so one of my goals, a little bit longer term, is to incorporate community feedback into the decisions about uh, which... Uh, uh, mods and which content will will be added to the program each month. Uh, that isn't going to be the case day one um, because we, we still want to feel this out and see um, how smooth it is and how well it works. But presuming it goes uh, well, uh, we will uh, build uh, a kind of a pipeline for the players themselves to most likely vote on a larger pool of uh, uh, applicants every month to uh, determine which uh, actually make it into the program. And that way we'll, you know, be a little bit more directly um, responding to the metrics of what the players themselves say they want. Um, so a, a lot of that, like the voting, um, you guys paying the modders themselves, uh, it, o it always just seems like dancing around the idea of, of, of the co consumer directly paying the modders for content that the consumer wants, which would, would like kind of handle all these things you guys talk about incentivization, um, you know, encouraging people who are working at a certain level to maybe up their game. So they're working harder. Um, do, do, what, what are you guys' feelings now uh, these days on having consumers directly pay for mods and enabling that in some way? It's funny you mentioned that we, we we were very close to actually trying to implement such a system for for Arc, um, and I'm I'm hugely for it by the way in general. Mm -hmm. I I think that it, it gets at the root of that pro dilemma that I mentioned earlier. There's no real midway point right now. You're either working for free, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, or you've maxed out your credit cards, mortgaged the house, and. <laughs> And jumped into the deep end of the pool trying to make a career out of it and be nice if there was uh, some less risky midway point to experiment uh, while still having the possible financial upside if you uh, make it something successful. I think paid mods really could uh, provide that. 
Um, and we were seriously exploring on Arc. It's, as you know, not like directly supported by Steam, mm-hmm. but there, there are ways uh, that Valve even recommends that you can do it on Steam, and they don't have a problem with it. It's just not directly built into the system. Uh, the problem is, when, once we really got into the details on, on Arc, we realized that the economics of it weren't actually viable for Arc Survival Evolve specifically. They may work well for other games. We don't really know because few games have tried it. Um, but it, at least in Arc's case, once we really thought through it, it, uh, it didn't actually make any sense. And the reason is because the way people play Arc is they, they, you don't play Arc by yourself in a room. You join a server and you play with 100 other players. Right. And, and those servers tend to run 30, they, they can run like five mods or they can run 30 mods. And at that point, we were faced with this dilemma if we, if we were to have the mods be sold of, well, who buys them? Does the server buy them or do the players themselves buy them? If the server buys them, well, we have a lot of servers, but only about eight or 9,000. That's, that's, that's not enough of a market to really support a robust, dynamic uh, marketplace when these mods are only going to be a few dollars. And if the players have to buy the mods, uh, I'm not going to want to have to buy 30 different mods just to join a single server. Mm-hmm. I'll, probably, I'll probably stop playing the game at that point because I'll never be able to figure out which servers I can join. So we, we, we looked at it, and we really got into the nuts and bolts. We're like, this, this model, even if we were to figure out a paid mod model, just doesn't really adapt very well to the way people actually play ARC. When they, just, they join a server and they expect to be able to connect, no problems, no, no strings attached. So... Uh, with that in mind, we figured that uh, we still need. We, we really still wanted to have a, a financial incentive for these uh, talented modders, but it ultimately cannot, uh, in our case at least, be uh, direct uh, direct uh, uh, transactions w- with the players. But that said, in general, on principle, I think that uh, it's something that does have a real place in the game industry, and I I, I sincerely hope that. Uh, uh, Valve, Microsoft, even on console, that this becomes a thing over the next couple of years. I think it'd be a good thing for uh, the growth of the game industry and finding new talent. That's excellent. And then, uh, so then that kind of brings me to um, one of the reasons you would want paid mods in general is because it uh, enables the community to sort of uh, uh, help a surprising thing that that you would never think of rise to the top and suddenly it's making a lot of money and so people realize, oh, people want this, we wouldn't have known any other way. Um, I'm sure you guys are thinking about that kind of stuff where you want to enable something surprising that you might not have thought of uh, just naturally. Uh, How are you guys maybe trying to go about that? Uh, What does that look like? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I I would call it crowdsourcing development to Mm -hmm. some extent. Um, We're a small team. We're only about 30 people or so. We have a complicated game we really don't have a whole lot of uh spare brain power to kind of just someone wakes up with a random idea that is maybe like surviving on the moon we're like that's a cool idea but uh we have a dinosaur survival game to make here so we 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 can experiment as much as we might like um and uh this definitely you know mods in general but hopefully also more incentive to make them even better and more robust uh, provides uh, the opportunity for the community on a large scale to experiment with ideas that are beyond the scope or just things we haven't even thought of. And certainly the hope, the pie in the sky hope, can't count on it and it'll be, we'll, be ha- we'll be happy even if it doesn't happen. But the hope is that you, you see a mod like um, Defense of the Ancients or mm-hmm. Counter-Strike right, uh, 
rise up and those 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 mods ironically counter-strike defense the anxious even even battle royale which is a pop start a whole series of games about surviving and on an island shooting other players um those mods redefined the games they came out for they became more popular than the, than the original game <laughs> i mean uh you know I'm not well. Okay, maybe Counter Strike wasn't more popular than Half Life, but it's certainly from a multiplayer right standpoint was yeah. more popular. <laughs> the Defense the Ancients, I don't think anybody could could deny, ultimately became more popular than Warcraft Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and and an Arma Three is not a game that I think very many people would be playing if it wasn't for Battle Royale, <laughs> at least at the time. Mm-hmm. So the, the, these mods ended up elevating and floating the uh, the games on which they were built. You know, maybe we get lucky in in such. Uh, a breakout mod ends up uh, happening for Ark, but even if it doesn't, it's still the robustness that we see is is a great benefit to us, whether or not that happens. Um, and I think that, uh, but th- those examples definitely speak to the potential that mods have to achieve things that the original developer uh, never even thought of. Excellent. Um, I I don't I don't think I have any other specific questions about uh, sort of how how this works. I guess just. Um like, what are the big mods that people are like can look forward to that are going to get further support because of this? Cedric. Oh yeah, so I can I can definitely send you a list after this. But uh, a lot of the mods that are are sponsored uh, as far as in this fifteen, I want to say that they're placed in our modding contest that we've had. Uh, we've had two so far, and I want to say almost all of these entries have been in the top five uh, of these particular. Uh, contest but like uh jeremy mentioned we have the arc moon survival which is a totally different spin on you know surviving uh in our current uh you know map so i'm really looking forward to that another one that's really popular is called npc bush people um where you actually have npcs uh you know very primitive uh humans running around and you can tame them just like you would tame a dinosaur (laughs) um it's a really cool and and interesting uh concept And, and why i think it's interesting is people most people that look into that mod they play single player and they want to have a feeling of playing multiplayer. So mm-hmm. they really look at that mod and say, hey, this can give me that experience. And he's built that mod so that you do feel like there are actually people running around. I mean, the first time I loaded it up, I was like, am I on multiplayer? And and, and it was not multiplayer. Um, so we obviously have a good mix. So, you know, we have a lot of maps that are coming in as well. Uh, I think we tried to be, you know, very diverse in how we selected who would be in. We didn't want to be one-sided. Um, there's even one mod in there that's that's mostly uh, script uh, or, or blueprints in a UI. That's all it is. And it's the uh, advanced command menu. And what it does is it gives the admins a very simple UI to do a lot of the advanced uh, things that you would do on the server. Um, and that's super popular so we're not just sticking with people who can you know make art assets we're not just sticking with people who know how to do level design Uh, i think we're we're really placed a broad net over who we could pull in with this uh so those are just a few of the examples i can definitely send you over a list and some screenshots uh after this call and and kind of give you the full list of the 15 that'll be in the program but it's very diverse and, and a lot of these mods are i would argue the most popular mods uh in the workshop right now Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have any other questions. Is there anything else that's big about this that you guys want to get across, though, that I, you think I should know? Um, just that uh, I think it, it kind of fits within a general trend in the industry, in my opinion, of the space between um, pro developers mm-hmm. and modders getting ever shorter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, C- Cedric, obviously, he's a professional. Uh, he 
he was a professional before he started working at Wildcard. He's a professional based on how talented he is and how good he is at what he does. Working at Wildcard was just a formality in essence. So realistically, there's not a lot of space there between somebody who's that good at what they do when they're a modder versus somebody who actually is, you know, working at a studio. And uh, the only difference, in my opinion, in many cases, is one is being paid for their work in the other. <laughs> so we're hoping to collapse that gap even further. Excellent. Yeah, that's perfect, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, talk to me about this. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Now it's back to present time me, which will be past me for you. Uh, but I was just got, I just got done listening to past me as present me. And now I will be talking to you in the future. Got it. Okay. We're good. Thanks for watching guys or listening uh, as it may be. Um, you can always get more of me on Twitter at Jeff Grubb uh, on, on Twitter. I'm on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Jeffrey Grubb. I put some video up of the legend of Zelda about 15 minutes of gameplay. There's some good stuff in there. You guys should check that out if you get a chance. Uh, that's also, of course, on gamesbeat.com, uh, where that you could, where I wrote up a preview and you could catch that video there as well. Um, we'll be back, like I said, very soon with more on this podcast feed about Zelda, about the Switch, about anything happening in gaming because Gamesbeat decides. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye.